In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Friends, we gather this night for love, for God's love. For God's love was so big. You know the line, God so loved the world that God's son Jesus was sent to redeem the world so that the world would not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting hope, everlasting love, so that we would know this love, so that we would live this love, so that we would spread the good news of this love. Love not of action, but love of faithfulness, love of forgiveness, love that is promised, love that transcends all spaces of darkness and betrayal and pain. It's pretty powerful, right? Maybe you have been to this service before. Maybe it's your first time here. Whether you're joining us at home or here in the nave, this is the first big step in the roller coaster of the Triduum. The three days from tonight through sundown on Sunday, in which we remember the life of Jesus, his betrayal, conviction, death, and the resurrection on the third day. This three-day church extravaganza is full of prayer and music, lots of readings from the Bible, so hold on, and we gather together to celebrate it all. So tonight starts in a very similar manner to most Eucharists that we have with scripture readings and the collect prayed, songs from our choir, we have children's chapel. Our gospel sets up one of the most pivotal stories of Jesus's life and ministry the Last Supper as told by John. It's set before the Passover. Jesus and his disciples, his friends, gather for a meal, and John, our narrator, gives us some inside knowledge through these portions of chapter 13. We're told some critical information. In that first line, Jesus knew. That jumped out at me anew this time. Jesus. Jesus knew. He knew that his hour had come to depart this world. And when I read that, I felt like it was in the present tense. Jesus knows. Jesus knows not that he is just to die and go to Sheol, which is that Jewish understanding of where people go to die. 
but he knows that he will go to the Father. That's what John writes for us to know. John reminds us of something else that is so important as he inches us into this uncomfortable story that Jesus loves deeply. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. What a beautiful memoir. What a beautiful way to hold on to Jesus. He loved them to the end. He loves his friends, his companions. He is faithful to them. Everyone seated around the table, even Judas who is planning to betray him, and Jesus, Son of God, knows. He knows. And so Jesus and his friends begin dinner. As John tells it, it's a usual gathering, a usual rhythm, and then Jesus does something. Knowing what he knows, Jesus gets up. Knowing what he knows, he knows what is to come. He also knows who he is. He is the Son of God. He knows whose he is, also a child of God, and he knows where he is going. This knowledge that he holds fuels his movement. It brings him assuredness, boldness, and humility. He gets up during the evening meal. He takes off his outer layer. Gentlemen, maybe that's like your Oxford shirt, right? It's not just your jacket. Like, it's, it's more than just an outer piece of clothing. It's like stripping down so that you only have an undershirt on. Not a normal thing you do at dinner. Then he takes a towel and he ties it around his waist. He gets a basin and a ewer, a pitcher of water, and he goes around the table, washing the feet of his friends. Now, there's an excerpt missing here. If you were to open up a Bible, you'd see that there are several verses that are cut out. And in there, there are words of people reclining. If you ever took Latin and learned about what it was like in this ancient medieval times, they didn't always have chairs to sit on. It was like they would recline around a low table. And so Jesus is lowering himself, getting on the ground and washing his friend's feet. All of them See, foot washing would have normally happened at the entrance to the house, getting the dust off of feet before they come in, right? That was one of Jesus' teachings of his disciples as they go and spread the good news. If they were rebuffed, they were to dust off the feet to, you know, remove that household's dust before they moved on. Jesus interrupts the meal and conversation. Can you imagine that? The leader, the teacher, getting up mid-dinner to do such a thing? What are you doing, Jesus? Jesus' response, 
You do not know what I am doing, but later you will understand. Jesus is met with resistance, and as we hear from our perpetual example, Peter, Simon Peter, piping up, he proclaims, you will never wash my feet. Simon Peter is also an example of metanoia, of having a change of heart and life and mind. He says, okay, Lord and teacher, wash my whole being, my hands, my head, the whole thing. You see, in washing the feet of each of the disciples, whether they are willing or unwilling, Jesus is teaching his friends. He's preparing them for their final step in ministry. Knowing what they know and knowing what they're going to know. To be humble. To embrace one another. To give of themselves freely. to welcome, to share, to risk, to sully themselves in body and never in spirit, and to draw near without fear. So in a few moments, those of you who want to partake of this aspect of Jesus's ministry and teaching, you may come forward to get your feet washed too, and you can do the washing to follow as Jesus taught his friends, preparing them for ministry. On this tender night of intimacy, whether you like your feet touched or not, and this night of prayer, maybe your experience with this gospel story and this service, maybe this whole Holy Week is more painful, more uncomfortable, more empty, more complicated, more real. There are some gone from our midst, those known and unknown. The world is troubled, perhaps our hearts are troubled. In full disclosure, as I told my Bible study today, I feel quite unsettled sitting with this gospel tonight. The lived experience of this past year with betrayal and death hovers too close tonight. This night's service will continue, excuse me, conclude with the stripping of the altar. 
the hands of our altar guild representatives will be standing in for our hands and feet and hearts as they prepare this holy space. Sharon Yeager and Jane Pounds prepared them last year to do this without them. And so it is a space of dignity and honor to go through this holy and hard time. You see, we get to live into Jesus's command to love one another as Jesus loved his friends, as Jesus loves us. It is full body participation. It is the full gift of ourselves. It is a sacrificial action. By doing this, by giving of ourselves, others will see God's love. And others will know that we are disciples of Christ. I end tonight with a blessing from Kate Bowler's latest book, The Lives We Actually Have. And she writes a blessing for Maundy Thursday. A parishioner read parts of this book and commented that it feels like a conversation. And so this is Kate's conversation with us for Maundy Thursday. This is the night that it begins, the festival of grief and somehow triumph. The end is near. Jesus, we are beginning to understand that your grace makes no sense. Grace sits next to betrayers. Grace washes the feet of backstabbers. Grace breaks bread with the disloyal. Grace shares a cup with double dealers. Jesus, you are undoing every guarantee that in loving you, I will not lose. You are losing everything. Bless me now as I see your sacrifice, how you are pleading with us to love. As your friends break your heart, how you are showing us how to remember when we long to forget that in your undoing, you remade the world. Amen. Amen.